um, which we're going to run certainly for the next six weeks, looking at building building life with God. And to do that, we're looking at two books in the Old Testament. Um, but I know I've, I remember reading one of them and studying one of them, but I haven't read the other one. Um, and we're looking at the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, um, two strange names, but two amazing books that look about building um, Israel, rebuilding its life with God. And so um, that's what we're looking at today. And I'm going to try and bring out just uh, three things that, um, from the passage in Ezra that help us think about when we're building something, um, but certainly building our lives with God. There's some key things that we need to do. And uh, certainly, whenever you're building something, I don't know whatever it is, if you've built something, kitchen, uh, house, uh, the joys of an Ikea flat pack, um, or even uh, the Lego that was meant for your son or nephew or daughter um, that you got carried away with. But if you don't follow the plans, then it can go spectacularly wrong. Um, And really, that's what had happened to the people of God. They had they got it spectacularly wrong. They'd it'd been a, a fantastic um, the journey of the God's Old Testament people that they had been called by Abraham to make a make them a nation, that they would be a nation more numerous than the stars and that they would have a land and that they would be a light to other nations. But then they got taken into Egypt, they were um, enslaved and then God saved them. He brought them out of Egypt. He brought them um, to the promised land and called them to be uh, a nation. And things got a bit rocky for a while and then there was a golden era when the king of King David and King Solomon. But then things started um, breaking down again and the way the Bible describes it is that they, they didn't follow the plan. They didn't follow God. They didn't build their life with God. They started um, following other gods around them. And because of that, God couldn't really help them because they weren't following him. They weren't, being with, they weren't living a life with him. And so there was nothing he could do. It was part of the covenant that if you leave it, I can't help you. But it's only one way together that, you can, that I'll, I'll, I can look after you. And so, whether because of or in spite of that the, the God... Um, that one of the other kings and the, took over Israel and Babylonian kingdom took, took over Israel and um, Jerusalem and its temple, its houses and walls had been dis- demolished and destroyed and many of the key leaders and the families were taken away uh, into exile to live hundreds of miles away in the land of their captors. And the question that they kept on answering themselves is, will we be able to build our lives again? Will we be able to build a life with God when we're not, either when we're not, not in Jerusalem, if the, the land that's been given to us, or in our, the city that is so special, but will we be able to, is God even here? Is he going to, is he still faithful? Is he going to be faithful to his promises that when we turn back to him, that he'll be with us? But as we see again and again and again in, in the Bible, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, that God is a God of not just the second chance, but the hundred and second chance. And that he 
decides to do something. He, and after 50 years or so in exile, the Babylonian Empire was taken over by the Persian Empire, and miraculously, the king of the Persian Empire suddenly decides that he wants to support the God's people to build their temple again. If you look in page 473, I'm going to do a little... Um, we're not going to read all of it. We're, we're going to read um, a few chunks. So, um, so 473, beginning of Ezra. I'll read this first part. So this is spectacular. If you can imagine that they, they thought they would never see Jerusalem again. And then this happens. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and to put it in writing. This is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he's appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. Any one of his people among you, may his God be with him, or with them. Let them go up to Jerusalem and Judah and build the temple of God, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem. And the people of any place where survivors may now be living are to provide them with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with free will offerings for the temple of God in Jerusalem. And then it goes on to explain that that that's what happened. That there's some of the family heads who are uh, the, the heads of the family um, families in who were in exile started gathering people to say, "Look, we've suddenly been given this opportunity to rebuild our lives with God. Let's go." And then there's a list of the exiles in chapter two. There's the list of the exiles return, who returned. And then at the end of chapter two, lists all the um, it lists all the the money that was raised, and also it lists. It tells them that, as well as just saying you can go go off and, and build the temple again, he gives them letters. He tells them uh, the king says gives them permission to go and ask for, for for wood and stone in different places, and gives them all the silverware and goldware that had been stolen from them and stolen from the temple when they got taken over. But then we get to the next bit of the story. They travelled four months. They'd arrived in, in Jerusalem. And they start worshipping God again on the site of the temple. And when we see and hear about the temple in the Old Testament, what it tends to mean is the temple of God, which, the, the church, where God dwells in his people, and with his people. And for us in the New Testament, that means that by his, God, by his Holy Spirit, dwells in us. And when we gather together, we are the church. We are the temple of God. But this is what happened for, for God's Old Testament people. If, let's go to 3 verse 7, and this is the rebuilding of the temple. Try and get my Old Testament names uh, at the ready of the tip of my tongue. Then they gave money to the masons and carpenters and gave food and drink and oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre so that they would bring cedar logs by sea from Lebanon to Joppa as authorized by Cyrus, king of Persia. In the second month of the second year after their arrival at the house of God in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, son of um, Sheatil, Jeshua, son of 
Zodak and the rest of their brothers, the priests and the Levites and all who'd returned from the captivity to Jerusalem, began the work, appointing Levites 20 years of age and older to supervise the building of the house of the Lord. Jeshua and his sons and brothers and Cadmiel and his sons, descendants of Hodaviah and the sons of Henadad and their sons and brothers, all Levites, joined together in supervising those working on the house of the Lord. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with the trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving they sang to the Lord, He is good, his love to Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests, and Levites and family heads, who'd seen the former temple, wept aloud when they saw the formation of this temple being laid. While many others shouted for joy, no one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping, because the people made so much noise, and the sound was heard from far away. So again, I want to look at how, these, how the, these people of God rebuilt their lives, built their life with God. And uh, they'd mucked up, and I think all of us know that we muck up when we're trying to build our life with God and build God into our lives, that we don't always get it right, and we need to remember again what it means to build our life with God. So they were building a temple, um, and it's, they knew that God had answered their prayers. They knew God was real, that they, God was there, because God had answered their prayers to, to bring them back to Jerusalem and to restore the temple. So they were building a temple not to, to say that God was there or to make a home for God because God couldn't be anywhere else. They were wanting to... to almost to create a place that acknowledged that God was who he said he was. And to, to mark that he was with them, almost in thankfulness and in response to what he'd done. They wanted to create a, a dwelling fit for a king. In fact, the, one of the words that's translated as temple here is actually palace of God. It uses three words. It uses temple, house, and palace. And that's what they wanted to create. They wanted to create a palace for God. And kings don't always live in the same palace, but a palace represents where a king lives. You think about it, the, the, a king will go off and, like all of us, we have an address, but that doesn't mean that we're always in our house. And it was the same for God with these, these people. They wanted to to build a temple to recognize who God was, that he was at the center of their midst. And you know, God doesn't live in, in a church building. He's here, and we acknowledge that he's here. We, we use this place to acknowledge that he's here. That we, he's here because he is in and with each one of us. But here are some three things I took away of, of 
how they built their lives with God. First was that they built uh, with investment. They invested their lives. They invested everything they had. And Jesus told that story about a, um, a ruler wanting to build a tower, saying that they, he had to count the cost. And actually for us, whenever we're building something, whether that's a DIY project or, or a whole house or whatever it might be, we need to count the cost of how much it's going to cost to, to build this house. And we need to know that we can invest. We have to invest, because if we don't give it any money, then it'll be a poor project, as I'm sure Charles can tell us um, from a professional point of view. And in this story, they certainly had to invest everything. They had to invest their lives. They had to invest their finances, their work, and their worship. They actually had to invest their lives. What we read about in Jeremiah was actually... It, it wasn't as if they were in refugee camps. They, weren't, they were in exile, but actually they had a pretty cushy deal. They were really quite enjoying life. And life in Babylon was actually a lot better than I think it probably is in Jerusalem and probably was in Jerusalem in those days. They were going from fairly comfortable living standards to a city that had been decimated and everything torn down. They had to choose to follow God, to build their lives with God, to invest with not just only their lives, but their families' lives, to move, to be in that place, to build their life with God. And certainly, finances, they, they needed, they had to invest in what they saw was important. They, as well as investing themselves, they called others to, in, to, to, to spend money for, on the things that are important. On, and for them, building the temple where this place that God dwelt amongst them, or would be known to dwell amongst them, was the most important thing. So they invested their lives, their finances. And it wasn't just a mental exercise. I think I know that, especially, I think, being ordained, sometimes it's too, it can get too easy to see church and my faith as just every day, that it doesn't, to not engage with it, with my whole heart and my spirit. And that is, I have to put my hands up, and that's not right, because I'm called to, to keep on giving everything that I have. And that's hard. But all of us are called. I'm just, I'm just called to, to do it um, in a public way. We're all called to give everything we've got, our hearts, our minds, and our bodies. And Certainly here, when we see how they respond and how the people respond, they were so filled with joy that they raised a shout of joy. But also there was tears as well for those that had seen the old temple. And I, to me, it's, it's like when you take a wedding and either the bride or the groom, as well I've had, burst into tears when they're trying to give their vows. And it's not because it's a terrible thing and they're sort of... They're, they're, they're scared or upset, it's because there's such a release that they can't believe that how wonderful this is. And also, I, I think, certainly when you see people coming together at the airport, if, you get, if you're coming through airports, you see, as it always at, at the arrivals, you see people coming together, and you see people crying when they see somebody that they love. And you think, why are you doing that? But 
it's a release of almost the pain of the separation that's happened before that. And it's a release of that. And uh, I, it shows that they were emotionally involved. They, they, they really cared about this. They cared about the temple. They cared about rebuilding this life with God. So they invested. And we need to, if we're going to build our lives with God, we need to invest. They built with plans. And um, if we know from our own experience of building, um, whether IKEA furniture or, um, or houses, that we need to follow, have a good plan, a plan that works. Um, we can see the people of God were intentional in how they used their resources and how they, that they started to follow God's laws, following the, the plans for worship and plans for building the temple. The plans that had been laid down by Moses and then also by King David in the, in the worship of the temple and also that had been laid down by, by Jeremiah earlier on to, in prophesying about this new temple. But they also planned, they made a plan that if they were this, they needed to organize themselves. There's all this, uh, all the part in, in um, verse 9 of Jeshua and his sons and brothers of Kadamiel and his sons and the sons of Hanadad and their sons and brothers joined together in supervising those working on the house of the Lord. And they gathered all the different people, this list in chapter 2 of all the, di- the numbers of people they gathered. And they planned, they, they organized themselves. And certainly for, for us, if we're going to continue or to rebuild or to build again, that God to be, to, for us to build our lives with God, that we need to plan. And the fact we're here on a Sunday, that we plan to spend time with God and spend time in church, but also it's spending time doing the things that will help us build that life with God. And whether that's spending more time reading or, or finding out about the Bible, spending time praying, however short a time, or doing it more regularly, reading a book that's, that would be helpful for us. Whatever it might be, we need to plan to make God part of, uh, to build our life with God. We need a plan. And we also need a purpose. We need to remember the purpose of what we're building and why we're building it can be so easy to let the, certainly for us, that the purpose is just to meet on Sunday. And that's a perfectly good purpose, but the, the purpose of meeting on Sunday is to acknowledge and to, to celebrate who God is and what he's doing in our lives. About purpose and remembering the purpose, you know, certainly for the rebuilding, it's that story of... I some people say it's Sir Christopher Wren, but I, I, I think I'm not sure if it is, but the story of three people, somebody walking around a building site with, and interviewing three of the people working there. And the first one, he said, what are you doing? And the guy said, I'm laying bricks. The second one, he said to, said to him, what are you doing? And the guy said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm building an arch. And the third one, who was doing pretty much as far as he could see the same job, he said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm building a cathedral. And it's that perspective, remembering what we're called to do of building a life with God, that it's the purpose is to, is to be close to God, to be with him, to have a relationship with him. 
And we can see that in the worship, that they'd started worshiping even before they'd laid the first foundation stone. They, they, they created an altar, and they, they then were rebuilding the temple. As soon as they laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they, they reminded themselves of the purpose of why they were there. With their vestments, with the priests, with their vestments, with trumpets, took their places to praise the Lord. And with praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, He is good. His love to Israel endures forever. And they gave a great shout of praise to the Lord. And so, worshipping, that's why we sing, that's why we gather together on Sundays, is to remind ourselves of our purpose and of what God has done for us. So, investing, planning, and purpose, knowing the reason that we're building, what we're doing when we're, we're building. And for each one of us, we're called to be a dwelling place of God. Paul says that we are temples of the Holy Spirit, that he's called us to, that God by his Holy Spirit dwells in us now, not just in a temple. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. And so as we invest, as we plan, and we, we remember the purposes of why we're here, I think it can be summed up by Paul in Ephesians where he says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. It sounds a bit like the, those who had been brought back from, um, from Babylon. But he says, But you're fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you promise to dwell in us by your Holy Spirit. No matter what stage of the building project we're at, whichever part of our lives that we know needs built up again with you, built up to glorify you and to to be a, a place for your dwelling. Help us to help us. Come by your Holy Spirit. Come and fill us afresh. Help us with our resources, our plans, and our purposes. Help us to, to build our lives with you. In Jesus' name.